Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldana. It's been a wild freedom We have a sweet story of a young woman named Sophia who discovered she was pregnant when her pregnancy was already halfway through at 23 weeks. Sophia tells us her insightful tale of adjusting to a surprise pregnancy and how as she leaned into the work of her pregnancy, she discovered the beautiful story of taking responsibility for creating her dream birth. Sophia and her partner road trip to a small cabin in Montana, and with all of the animals and plants supporting her, she births in lightness, presence, and deep intuition. All right, so um, the kind of joke is that I actually didn't find out I was pregnant till halfway through my pregnancy. Whoa. For real? <laughs> yeah. It's about like, whoa. Yeah. 22 and a half, 23 weeks. Oh I mean, my gosh. Yeah. I know. I know. Okay. It's insane. I wasn't showing and um, yeah, I could definitely get into that. Um, was this your first pregnancy? Yes, it was. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So... My partner, Tom, and I were um, doing our work and holiday visa in Australia. And we were living on this kind of creekside organic farm in Tasmania and unknowingly conceived our baby. And um, it was a time when we were just like broke backpackers. Um, We had just done a huge long haul flight from LA to um, Tasmania and... um, I was really dealing with like a bunch of different uh, personal freedom issues in the relationship. And we were just kind of having a hard time. Um, And I felt this like need to, you know, like we need a change. Um, And so we decided to take a ferry and go onto mainland Australia and drive across the country to Margaret River um, in Western Australia. And it was there that um, we really like found our balance and our freedom and healed as a relationship. And so, and this was one of the ways in which I was actually really grateful to um, 
not know I was pregnant in the sense that Tom and I could fully focus on us in our relationship and do kind of this whole inner work mm. um, without the whole kind of notion of got to get our shit together for a baby, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So um, what, what's up with your periods at that point? Right. So um, I had missed my period and about like five years prior, I gave up birth control. So it was like that good old, when I gave up birth control, a good like well over six months, I went without having a menstruation because my body essentially forgot how to ovulate on its own. Um, and so I went like years of just being used to having irregular menstruations, you mm-hmm. know, like being off, missing it and just kind of like accepting that, that like, oh, I'm just kind of all fucked up down there, you know, kind of like, oh, it's typical. And, um, when we were so stressed and so broke in the beginning part of being in Australia, I was kind of just like, um, oh, my body, you know, I just did this long haul flight. We'd been road tripping three months in Southwest US prior to that. And we were road tripping more a couple months. So I was like, my body just needs to get in one place, settle down, and then it'll come back, you know? Um, and so I was really like totally believing that. And um, that was my story. So when we did get to Margaret River and things kind of settled down um, and I still didn't get it, you know, and I was in this happy place, I was kind of like, mm, you know, okay, something's wrong. Mm. And I really had this um, belief going on that I had this like sexual energy blockage. And um, it's interesting to unpack now and see how many different ways it showed up in my birth. Um, But basically, I had been doing like uh, earlier in that fall, I went to a medium. And in this session, like, uh, all this different past life stuff kind of came up of past lives of rape and sexual mm. abuse. And um, it was really emotional. And like my whole body resonated with it. And um, yeah, I was just dealing with that grief. And I did, I don't know if you've heard of Joe Dispenza or Masajati. He does these like deprogramming courses and I had done one of those before Australia and all these dreams were coming up of like um, sexual abuse and it would do like a lot of mirror work and throughout his meditations and I was like shedding this old self and I kept feeding into this idea of I blocked sexual energy I blocked sexual energy and all throughout my life it's manifested in all different kinds of um uh, womb ailments, you know, whether it was like mm. an ovarian cyst or I didn't start my menstruation until I was like nearly 18 years old and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then the good old, um, you know, I think if I really root it back, um, I remember going into, uh, you know, taking on puberty and right when everyone's beautiful vaginas start to kind of get different characteristics and flavors. Um, I was kind of looking at my friends as this little like, you know, 12, 13 year old girl and being like, my vagina doesn't look like theirs, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I went to the gynecologist and they're like, oh yeah, you have, you know, like more prominent labia, like bigger lips. And I was just like, what the hell does that mean? And she's like, yeah, you know, you can get surgery for that. Maybe oh my 
God, <laughs> that should be illegal. <sighs> yeah. So I was just like early on, whether consciously or not, I just took on this kind of like, I'm all messed up down there, you know, like all those different kind of insecurities and really sad. Like when you look back at that, um, but this played itself all the way throughout my life, you know? And so I just like, to the extent that I didn't know I was pregnant, you know, I really started believing this. I have trapped sexual energy and that really showed itself up. Um, when I kind of was farther into my spiritual journey and I like had this deeper knowing, um, and I still totally believe that I was trapped so the sexual energy, but, um, it was really limiting because, because I wasn't connected to this energy. I lost sight of really, um, being aware in the first place, you know, it's just kind of down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, so we were in Margaret River and Tom, my partner, his dad was, um, we'd been there about like three or four months and his dad had been chronically ill from liver cancer. And um, it got to the point where like, we were like, okay, we need to go to the UK and see your dad. And I still hadn't met um, his family. He lives in Wales. Um, he had just met my family early in the fall. And so we were like, okay, you know, let's take the money we just managed to save in Margaret River and let's go see him. So um, in Margaret River, I had been, I just got a job uh, at a French bakery. And before that, like if I look back in hindsight, right, I would be coming home late um, from work at a restaurant and like it, it was just turning winter in Australia. And so my nipples would be really cold and I'd be like, fuck, it's like cold in Australia, man. You know, and it's like, of course I'm like, you idiots. And like going mm-hmm. down the supermarket refrigerator aisles again, cold, but didn't think of anything of it. I was still, we were still going to the beach and I wasn't showing, never had any nausea, nothing. Wow. Um, and living kind of that backpacker lifestyle, you know, where it's just like adventures, you just aren't really in your routine of like going to work, home, you know, all this kind of stuff. Anyways, um, so starting that French bakery job, I started getting that like bloated weight that I think all of us women, you know, you're used to um, kind of how fat starts accumulating on your body. But I was just like, oh, it's normal. Yeah, I'm eating too much bread, whatever. Um, And we flew to the UK and... um, I was passing out on the couches thinking it was jet lag, you know, classic. Um, it's just so funny to look back now and see the hindsight. But um, we were, it was not until we were up in um, Anglesey, which is an island off Wales. And it's actually known as the motherland of Wales. And the Gaelic name for Anglesey is Moan, which means moon. And um I really love that kind of divine feminine playing in. And um, my family's actually from Wales. So it was cool to be there and be on that island when all of a sudden I was just kind of like that bloated weight that I was used to like having um, turned like a little bit more firm. And I was like, oh my fucking God. (laughs) you know like are you serious and I just knew then I was like I'm pregnant like you how how could I miss this um 
And so I told Tom, I was like, I know I'm pregnant. And he's like, why don't we get like a, um, a pregnancy test? Right. And I was like, I already know I am. And I kind of had a little bit of that stubbornness, not wanting like a pregnancy test to tell me, but, um, you know, we got it. And as soon as we found out, um, in the morning, we were just laughing and we were so excited. Um, and it was wonderful. And literally, kid you not, when we found out we were in bed and we were smiling and right away the baby kicked. <laughs> and it's like, are you crazy? Like to have as soon as you start this pregnancy, you know, for us, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and your baby's kicking and it's interactive. It's immediately just kind of like that knowing like, hey, you idiots, I'm right here. Um, I mean, or a softer way of thinking it is, you know, like you, you opened up to it when you were ready and Mm. your baby said hi, as soon as you, as soon as you were ready to say hi, you know, Mm. I mean, it makes it, it makes sense to me. Like, I get that it's not like the healthiest thing, but it makes sense to me that from birth control to processing the the sexual trauma that lives within all of us as females and and you know some disconnection you know of yourself to your body and traveling and blah 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 right like all the stuff like if you're not looking for it and there's been no nurturing in our lives as women and girls to connect to it mm. you know i mean i hear these kind of stories really often so i'm i'm not surprised by it. It's making me, it's reminding me of this woman a long time ago that emailed me that she went to the, she was not, she was not pregnant. She was just like a regular, not pregnant woman. And she thought her appendix was bursting. So she went to the ER and they were like, you're in labor. And she had a baby two hours later Mm -hmm. and she went her whole, her entire pregnancy, never felt like she showed, never never felt it. Um, and then she went on to free birth her next baby because she was like, well, if it's that easy, I can just do do my thing. But, but really underneath that, there was a lot of disassociation from her body and Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, something going on. Right. But, but I guess the reason I'm bringing her up is that I wouldn't really target yourself, you know, as an idiot or as, Mm. as, you know, that it's like stupid that you didn't see it or catch it because, it's, it happens to a lot of women. And I think Mm. it really just speaks to, um, the healing that we're here to do, you know, to, to see it now and to learn from it and, and to connect even deeper, which I'm sure you did, which is why you're going to share on this podcast. And (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I guess my wish would, would be for you to welcome in some tenderness around that because it's not stupidity. Well, thank you right. so much. Yeah, truly, because I do, at the time, I, I was hard on myself. You know, everyone, yeah. there was a lot of criticism as how you, how couldn't you know that, you know, all these kind of things. And I think even a further extent of like, um, you know, if you find yourself kind of into spirituality and your intuition and not having that, it's kind of really debilitating to think, how did I not know? I had life inside of me, you know, and I, that really hung me up for a while mm. until kind of the lessons of birth, like revealed themselves to me. And, um, 
it was totally divine timing. Hmm. You know, I mean, if we hadn't, if I had known I was pregnant, we never would have flown to Wales and we would have never seen and met Tom's dad who later died. Yeah. You know, and um, same with his family. It was really nice to be part of, as I'll later share more on the story. Yeah. There's just a lot of big things going on in our lives and to bring them into that element was yeah, and so special. And if you're not looking for it, if it's not on your radar and you're not calling it in and you don't have regular periods, it's not that crazy mm-hmm. that you would miss right. it. Right. You know, and it's really not. I don't even know if you've heard of this. Have you heard of, so I have like a retroverted uterus, which faces back, tilts back towards your spine. So supposedly um, your uterus grows back and it doesn't show before it then balloons up. I don't know. I've seen these different things. And of course, after um, my story, someone was showing me, you know, this girl who's like six months pregnant and she's in this little like Calvin Klein sports bra and super skinny and fit, you know, kind of thing. And everyone's like, you know, of course, saying terrible judgments, but just showing of like how, you know, pregnancy looks different for different people. Oh, yeah. Mm. Of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, this idea that it's anything less than perfect when you found out, you know, like we're just such a culture obsessed with information and planning and preparing and, you know, doing pregnancy tests at four weeks. And it's like, but, but really, what's the big deal? Like life goes Mm -hmm. on, you're pregnant, you discover it, you know, you're always carrying life inside of you. You're alive. You're Mm -hmm. not, you know what I mean? Like you were, you were carrying life inside of you before. I get that it's different when there's a baby inside of you, obviously, but um, I don't know. I I think it's, it's, it sounds like there's a, a lot of rich stuff to learn from like within yourself about it, but also I don't think it's like inherently a, a problem or like a bad thing. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Okay, so then what happened? So you're so <laughs> how do you like date the pregnancy? Like I imagine you get you do the pregnancy test and it's like, okay, great, but like how pregnant am I? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like it was all fun and games and then it was kinda like, wait, if we just felt the baby kick, like how far along does that mean? You know, like we had no prior knowledge of birth, pregnancy, whatever that looks like. You know, we haven't had anyone close in our family where we kind of saw that play out, um, nor our friends. So um, then it was like, okay, what do you do? You know, um, well, I Googled stuff, you know, I was looking, okay, by month, what are typical classic things? And I kind of like sussed out, okay, if I felt the baby, you know, it's probably somewhere between, you know, four and six months, you know, that's obviously a very broad guess. (laughs) And, you know, my parents, when we decide to share to them, they're like, what the fuck? You know, you need to know when you're going to have a baby, you know, like Mm -hmm. go get an ultrasound. And I was just like that, you know, I looked into that, but like, um, I've always had this relationship with, um, of huge skepticism with medicalized, um, and coming from, you know, that story that I've always shared, you know, huge distrust in um, allopathic medicine. And so the idea of going into and, you know, high beaming my baby, no offense, I don't mean to say those kind of that language, but anyways, um, it was just something that didn't 
sit well with me. And um, thank God I did one of those like um, period tracker apps. Mm -hmm. And so I had been keeping log of my periods and um, according to the day of my last menstruation, which was in December, it um, said, okay, yeah, you know, you're around like 22 and a half weeks pregnant. Oh my God. Um, Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Is that 20 weeks? And then did it, I don't know. I'm mixing it up with when I, we did eventually go and so no, like, um, NHS is great, right? In the UK, they happily see me for free. No problem. They don't care that I'm a non-citizen, <laughs> but, um, all these women and midwives were like, like we're not going to see you if you don't take an ultrasound. And mm-hmm. I was so like verbally abused over the phone. Mm. Um, but I was just like, like well, fuck you. No, like this isn't a big deal. And even on the website, you know, they say you don't need to, that's not a mandatory thing. So it was really weird to, that they would, um, mm-hmm. you know, still suggest that. But, um, we eventually did, uh, get some blood tests done and urinalysis. And of course, in hindsight, now I see that that's obviously not necessary. But, um, you know, first time mama didn't really know what I was doing. And I was just like, okay, I can give blood and urine. And that's not really doesn't feel invasive. (laughs) And um, she confirmed that, yeah, you know, you're 22 and a half weeks pregnant at the time. That's when I saw her. So I think I found out when I was no, you're right. I did find out 22 and a half weeks. Um, so it must have been a couple of weeks later when I saw her and she wanted to check me with a Doppler and she was really sweet. I was really lucky to get the woman that I did because she was able to, you know, I declined the Doppler and she said, oh, okay. She knew how to use a Pinard. And so she listened to the heartbeat that way and saw the baby. And that was the extent of prenatal that I received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so after that in Wales, um, came the heartbreak of, wow, we're an international couple mm-hmm. about to have a baby. Um, where the hell can we be and be together, you know, and have this family? And so there was a lot of, um, crying in the bath nights and you know our our car was in Australia our jobs but then of Mm. course we had families in different countries and so it's just like and we were still broke you know we just spent all our money on these flights that we now are wasting and it was just like it was a really you know bittersweet time it was exciting and then it was just horrible um but yeah my um my body like when it came to, okay, where do we go? You know, it felt like you're deciding between families, which is um, a horrible, horrible thing. (laughs) But I knew that um, the best thing for my baby and myself um, was to get into nature somewhere. You know, I needed, I felt this need to, okay, we need to prepare for this baby now. You know, you've had your fun, um, but let's, let's start nesting. Like that felt good to me. And, um, I feel the most peace in nature. So I was like, where can I make this happen? Um, and I thought of as a kid, you know, we did these family trips. My uncle's dad has land in, um, Montana and, um, they built like five different little log cabins on this land. And it's like a 60 foot cliff right above the Madison river. 
um, about an hour outside of Yellowstone and in like near to Big Sky. And it's this little rural cowboy town. And anyways, it was always a soft, tender spot for me. And I was like, wow, maybe I can ask my uncle if um, we can stay in one of these little, you know, one to two bedroom, little tiny, awesome cabins. Um, And he let us. Um, So it was just incredibly blessed and privileged. Um, But yeah, we um, decided to fly to Canada and get married. A little quick pit stop, <laughs> and because you're uh, American and he's Welsh, yeah, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like we were never really big into um, marriage, but being an international t- couple, yeah. we just kind of acknowledged, yeah, this is just you know what we have to do. Um. So yeah, we got married and then we got into the States, road tripped up from California to Montana. Wow, what an adventure. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. And so you arrive at this cabin and you're now, what, maybe seven months or something? Right. Um, Let's see, we arrived. Yeah, it must have been like 30 weeks. And what are you thinking? Are you thinking much yet about the birth itself? Or is there just so many details to figure out prior that it's not really like front and center yet? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So I was actually, while we were in Wales, I talked to an Australian friend of mine and she actually shared that she had just met a woman who had been a doula and then she was just kind of like she was pregnant and she was like oh I can just do this myself so she had a baby on her land with her partner and you know introduced this idea to me of like a baby moon too mm-hmm. where instead of a honeymoon you know celebrating your baby and so they had their baby and they didn't even tell their parents that they had the baby till like at least 10 days after the birth just to be completely in their own isolation, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was awesome. Um, and so I was just immediately inspired, like, yep, that's what I want to do. You know, I was like, I want to get into nature on land, be with my husband and do this. That just felt right. That, um, and she was just that complete validation of you can do this, you know, and I didn't have, um, I never had an Instagram, did that kind of thing. So I wasn't really, I didn't know this was already going on in the world. I heard of it and I was like, yep, that makes sense. Come on, every other mammal does it. Um, And so I was completely inspired. Um, So yeah, she, I had a call with her anyways. And so that led me down the free birth route. And then it wasn't until I I had to kind of tell my parents because I told them, oh, I just want to have like a free birth. Like I just want to birth myself. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that was kind of new for them. (laughs) How how did that go? (laughs) Uh, You know, it was fine. My parents are great. My dad was definitely worried and like, okay, let's do a midwife. And I kind of, I kind of played along like, okay, I'll look, but really this is what I want to do. Um, and I think they knew as time went and weeks went into it kind of thing that I was doing it myself. I kind of, you know, we met 
with one midwife and you know she said that she wanted to use a doppler like while i was giving birth to check for like heart tones and stuff and i was immediately just like no like this isn't what i want to do and so that could quickly kind of put that to the side and i think that that it just like never ceases to blow my mind that an adult (laughs) woman would talk to another adult woman like that like i Mm -hmm. want i'm gonna do this to your body like no no (laughs) What the fuck? It's not how you talk to like it's not how you talk to people. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Then um. Once we were in Montana, I could just um. Live like welcome this baby in. Like I want every woman and partner to be able to. You know, like we didn't have a job we were able to just be present and float down the river and go on hikes. And, you know, you know this, you chose to go to Hawaii and, mm-hmm. um, and take the month after like your first month into postpartum too, to just celebrate this. And God, it just everyone, how everyone needs to um, be able to do this. And, um, um, so was yeah, your plan to, to just have you and your partner there? Um, I wanted, yeah, it started, I best friends with my mom and more and more day by day it kind of became, you know, I didn't know if I wanted it to just be Tom or I. And then as we went on to it, both Tom and I thought that, you know, my mom would be a great addition to kind of like our birth team along with my dog Nala and they were the ones who were there and um yeah it was perfect hmm. so so it was you your mom and tom and your dog yeah that's cute yeah. okay yeah, so your cute. mom was obviously <laughs> with it enough to yeah so it was really fun um i think i was about 35 weeks pregnant when i found your course and i got it and my mom and tom in the beginning used to watch like the videos with me And like, I'd wake up early mornings and I'd walk out on the dewy grass and kind of sit, let my belly take in the sun and hear the river and listen to all the different videos and prepare, um, do meditations. And I'd see my mom like a hundred yards down, you know, they were in a separate little cabin. Um, and she'd be out on the little hammock with her uh, blanket every morning watching videos herself, which I just loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just so awesome for her to be a part of that with me and see kind of this truth and acknowledge in herself, like, God, this is awesome. You know, it's really cool. Hmm. (laughs) Beautiful. So how did you leading into the weeks, you know, heading up to your, to your birth, how did you, navigate or do you want to speak to any like processing of fears or you know just like all of the stuff that it that it takes to to choose free birth and take responsibility Mm. yeah um gosh it's so funny because I really more than anything I felt like it was marked with excitement um incompetence but of course of course of course there are fears you know and um I think I fell into 
Um, you know, I had to come at peace with, okay, um, if the baby's breached, you know, all these kind of things where I kind of bought into that as like, oh, it could maybe make it more complicated and um, mm-hmm. is my baby breached? And that was kind of one thing that I had to uh, kind of educate myself on and of course see that it is a variation of normal and also um, you know I identify the fact that hey that's completely rad if my baby wants to come out that way and I'm prepared to flow with that you know um, um, tearing yeah I think even um, um so funny that I'm actually like forgetting what (laughs) birth does that doesn't it like you just like totally you forget you even had pain you know like in a way (laughs) but um I have not but (laughs) (laughs) yeah I appreciated the lessons that came with any fears that I had so it was kind of in that whole letting go and that like the beauty of life and death that it felt so real to now be a part of something like that I don't know I don't know I'll have to unpack that one more but um (laughs) yeah um okay leading up so I'll actually get to um the Sunday that I think I'd say my birth process really started was um a grizzly bear had like come the night before and like banged on our like cabin uh door and um all actually it was really cool how much animal symbolism was like working throughout my birth and um we were listening to one of your podcasts and I'm totally blanking on which women's birth it was but she had said um she had seen an owl and that was a sign for like an auspicious like smooth happy birth and then we went on to, there was an owl that lived in a tree behind our cabin. And so that was just such a fun thing to hear that. And then keep seeing this owl and um, seeing the bear and really feel like nature was just working um, through, through me. And, and I think that was a big theme of my birth was I always kind of had this you know, oh, I I love and I worship Mother Earth and stepping into the actual birth itself was this, I am Mother Earth, Mm -hmm. you know? And just kind of like, wow, like I am this force. And it just really like, yeah, going through that process really made that so um, evident. Um, Yeah, so the bear, anyways, (laughs) got up and broke part of our apple tree, and we decided to juice apples that day. Um, And so us and all of our little family friends um, started juicing apples, and it was that evening that um, my amniotic fluid started leaking. And I noticed it, and I was like, okay. You know, of course, at this time, I was peeing all the time, you know, having the worst back labor and um, all these sorts of things. And I was like, that's not pee. It's very clear. I think it's my amniotic fluid. But 
I'm just going to roll with it. You know, luckily with the course, um, you guys really gave that notion of, oh, you know, you can start leaking and you can leak for like a week, you know, all this kind of thing. You don't know when the baby's here till you're birthing the baby. You know, that whole having that kind of attitude really served me in um, just being able to have patience and kind of uh, have fun with it without being getting too excited or flustered or, Mm -hmm. you know, I got to alert everyone. Um, So the amniotic fluid started leaking that Sunday night and um, I was restless all evening and in the morning, um, we decided to um, float the river one last time. It was now turning kind of autumnal and the water was freezing at this point, but it felt awesome to be a part of the river in that way. And um, mm, I bet. Yeah. Um, what month is this? So this was late September. Okay. Yeah, last week of September. So all the leaves were yellow and um, mm. no crowds. Is beautiful, um, and you could just float in your little tube and look out at the mountain. And so all this time, I was experiencing, um, yeah, sensations. And at this point, they're all in my womb, just tightening, and it was just fun. We were just having a good time. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the most exciting thing. <laughs> it's the most exciting thing, and I was just, yeah, I was just so confident. Um, and it's just kind of like, oh, let's just do what sounds fun, you know? Um, yeah, and I'm so, I'm so grateful for you guys in that sense that I really felt, even just to get it virtually, that sense of sisterhood of like, this is normal, you know? Have fun with it. Totally. I mean, what's the alternative? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's panic. happening either way. Yeah. So panic and freak out and rush to the hospital and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, that doesn't seem that great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, right. Um, so we did that Monday and then I kept having sensations Monday night, you know, restless sleep, whatever, still happy. At this point, Tom was like, oh, shoot, you know, like I should wash the towels that we got from the little local thrift store and prepare the cloth diapers, you know. It's coming a little, the baby's coming earlier um, than we anticipated or could be you know we're getting these signs who knows um and then it was tuesday morning and we woke up to see sunrise and there was um a male moose and two (laughs) females and um you never see the males like they're always hiding and this one had a huge rack and i was just like i had this kind of knowing and i was telling tom i was like i think we're gonna have a boy you know, yeah. boom. I don't know. It's just That's such this cool. like male, like boom figure. Um, and yeah, we chilled out Tuesday, no big deal. And then Wednesday, the day of the birth. Um, so it had now been three full days since mm. my amniotic fluid was slowly just leaking. And that Wednesday, my mom and I decided to, and at this point, the sensations were definitely um, stronger. But I was still feeling good. And so we, her and I decided to drive like a half hour towards into the mountains to go on this little hike. Um, Tom and I had made love that morning and um, 
he was going to like help the little local distillery and like bottle liqueur. Um, so he did that. We went into the mountains and, um, at this point we were walking on this little like Creek trail. It was flat. Thank God. No uphill. Um, and I had these like cotton shorts on that were just soaked. So I just took, <laughs> I, like, honestly, it was just, just <laughs> it was laughable. I mean, I, took, I am, I'm kind of floored that you went for a hike 30 minutes away <laughs> with your waters open. That's like amazing. That's so, um, like courageous or something. I would have been like scared <laughs> to leave. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's such a beautiful area. And I was like, it would be great to birth out in those mountains. Like, right? I, mean, I have my phone. I could let Tom know. Totally. Like, came, Just, I mean, you know? your whole sense of chillness around it is quite impressive. Oh, wow. Thank You're you. You're like, my one. waters are Cheers. open. I'm like, go float in the river and have sex <laughs> for a hike 30 minutes away. That's amazing. Oh, God. Make it sound. Yeah. I mean, it, it was great. I won't try and belittle it. No, um, it sounds epic. <laughs> I'm so prone to do that. So cool. So your shorts are obviously soaked. <laughs> so I took them off and I rang them out. Literally oh could fill up a full glass. Like it was insane. Whoa. So then I just tied them to the outside of my backpack and I'm in these like heinous, like <laughs> Victoria's Secret pink tie-dye like hip hugger underwear and oh just God. like working it, just hiking in my underwear. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did your mom get a picture of you yeah 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 we have like oh a full photo shoot with the we, dog and i'm just need, like <laughs> we need a photo of that that's that'll awesome. be my like photo exactly. for the first time <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god yeah i mean i was just yeah you're feeling it um it was so good so there's like wild raspberries we're picking the raspberries and we're just my mom and i have these very like pinpointed experiences throughout my life of just like super bonding talking about life and of course this was just ever more potent and um yeah so to have that walk with her and Mm. incorporate that in on this birth was wonderful you know and she was such that mother of support and I know we talk so often of mothers that can really hijack a birth and my mom's so not that you know she just She's another iteration of myself. And like, I, I don't know. It was wonderful. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we were on the creek and throwing sticks for my dog and sitting in the water. And um, it was sitting on that creek where I was like, holy shit. You know, I conceived my baby on a creek. <laughs> we lived in Margaret River on the river. We went to Wales and lived on the Taff River in Wales. And then now we're here in Madison River and my amniotic fluid is like <laughs> is leaking a like a river. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh my God. Okay. There we go. I'm, I'm naming my baby river. Like hope Tom's down to that. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of decided at that. And I had never lived on rivers in my life. So I don't know. It was just kind of a cool little, um, yeah. Yeah. That's cute. Thing that was running through. Um, So at this point, yeah, I mean, all along this hike and the drive, you know, I'd be talking and then got to stop and couldn't really breathe um, as each sensation was coming up. So that was definitely like part of all that. Like, need I not forget? Um, But it was fine. Um, So 
we finished our hike and we went back and Tom had um, written, it was so cute, on these little liqueur bottles they get to keep for participating. He wrote Sweet Pea, which was um, the name that we had called our baby in the womb. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, our Sweet Pea River ended up being born that day. And so it was, it's, it's a fun little bottle to keep hold to. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it says the temperature of the river that day. Anyways, it's cute. Yeah, I'll get away from that. But <laughs> um, so we were back at the house and Tom was there and it was just kind of exciting because of course birth is um, closer, whatever that means. You know, we didn't know if there would be another week. Who knows? Like I was just feeling stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, so we decided to kind of get the yoga ball out and we were all sitting in our chairs on the cliff's edge and the river is just right underneath it. And wow. the sun was shining. It was late afternoon and I was just kind of doing, you know, my little figure eight, um, kind of like rolling out my pelvic floor throughout each sensation um, as they're building and we were just talking and enjoying and having birth so much fun. I really, I hope, yeah, all women know that. And of course they don't, but anyone listening, I hope you have a wonderful time. I did. Um, (laughs) but I don't know if you've heard of this M, but we, um, at this point we had noticed something came up on our phones earlier that week where we heard of this rhombus of my callus. Have you heard of that? It's like when um, you're going into birth, if you're not laying horizontal or epidurals, not um, <clears throat> kind of being an invasive component of your birth, your pelvic canal, there's these nerve endings at the base of your spine and kind of, you know, like right in between where you'd have those little back dimples. And there becomes this bulge in your back as your canal maximizes and gets bigger. Mm. And so I have photos of me laying down. Unfortunately, it looks like I'm giving Tom head, but you can see (laughs) it's horrible. Um, But you can see this bulge. And so we were just like, wow, you know, just like the marvel of the Mm -hmm. human body. Just like I am literally opening up and you can visibly see it from the outside. I can Mm. feel it from the inside. And um, that was just so fun. Yeah. and so, yeah, at this point, um, we decided to go up and my aunt whose house was maybe like, this sounds ridiculous, like this whole property, right? Um, it's about like 200 yards down. And so we're like, oh, let's go. She has swings. Maybe, you know, I was thinking of the farm, like in, you know, Gaskins where women would hold on to this swing to get the weight out of their hips, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll go try that. That sounds fun. Um, but then we had the whole walk there and I would kind of be like all of a sudden just uh, have to get on my hands and knees. Oh my God. And, um, Tom would look down at me and I'd look up at him and he had that look on his face. And so I couldn't help but kind of laugh, you know, that awkward little laugh. Um, and he didn't know what was. And so I was just kind of like, Oh, I'm fine. And then, um, we'd get back up and you could walk you know, however many paces be fine. And then just hits you again, get back on your hands and knees. So I basically just did this to the house. Um, (laughs) It was insane how much it comes in waves. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would just be totally crippling where I had to get on my hands and knees. And then 
And so at this point, whenever I would do that, I had this little mantra going where I would just, um, you know, welcome each wave that comes brings me closer to my baby. And I really just rode that one throughout the entire birth so that um, each sensation I had, I could just get through that sensation and be happy that, you know, I have no idea when my baby's coming, but now I'm one step closer, whatever that means. Um, yeah, it really worked for me. Um, so we got to her house, wasn't really feeling the swing. Um, it was too hard to support myself. <laughs> and, um, we were supposed to give birth in my aunt's house. She had this huge like jacuzzi tub in the basement kind of thing. And I just still didn't feel ready. I was like, I don't want to go sit in a tub right now. You know, I want to, I'm digging being outside. The weather's beautiful. Let's just walk back. So then, um, we walk back to my uncle's house, which we originally were at with, um, the yoga medicine ball. And at this point I was dropping down to my hands and knees, like every 10 paces. Um, we never like recorded anything time-wise or really ever had phones present at any point other than to figure out what time the baby was born. But, um, yeah. So I would just be dropping down on my knees, kind of smiling, feeling through it, um, feeling the sensation. You know, at this point, all the days prior, I was feeling all the sensations in my womb. And now when it was really leading up to active labor, um, it was all in my pelvis and back and just opening up. And it was just, yeah, rough. So then we... Um, Got back to the house and Tom started making food and he had put on like the diffuser, you know, we had lavender diffusing going on um, and all these different kind of like our love songs playing. And um, as soon as we got inside, I had just kind of dropped down on the carpet and I was like, okay, now's maybe a good time to let my friends know I'm probably about to welcome my baby in. <laughs> so I'll, I sent out a couple messages, you know, just to close friends, to light a candle and just kind of, um, yeah, be present with us. And I quickly wasn't able to send any more texts. So I <laughs> dropped the phone and I had the sensation to poop. So I went into the bathroom and was pooing, which was really good to get out that space. And then it was when I was on the toilet that Tom played like that, you know, and the more recent Jumanji that like dance fighting, like, Oh baby, I love your way. <laughs> Cute. Hold it. Yeah. Anyways, that was playing. And that really helps just like drop things, like have that sense of laughter. And, um, um, the bath was right there. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go in the bath. You know, a lot of women says that relieves, um, pain for them. And I quickly realized there's no way I'm laying back in this water. Like, that's mm -hmm. not possible, you know? Um, so I was on my hands and knees, and I could feel it getting darker. And Tom lit Palo Santo and candles. And we were just in this dark den of... It felt like it was dark anyways. Um, and at that point... Uh, 
my I transitioned. You know, everything once I got in the water, everything became blurry. <laughs> um, I just it it'd be so interesting to have a video to really see what it was like. But um, yeah, a sensation would come and it would just roll through me. You know, it's so weird for me to hear people saying like push um, because I never felt like I was pushing. You know, the best way I've tried to think of like a way to describe it and it's when you're floating in the ocean and you let your knees or you let your feet go up the wave and then the rest of your body just kind of follows, you know, Um, it just goes through you, you know? And so it's like, it was the kind of thing when, like if your baby's coming down and it was going through you, but then it stopped, like the idea of someone telling me to push after that would just be so wrong, you mm-hmm. know, or if someone all of a sudden was like, oh, you know, I have to change, like check heart tones right now. Like that would just completely derail everything. Well, once you, once you have an undisturbed birth, yeah, like you couldn't even imagine what disruption would feel like. It's... Yeah, but I think that's 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 such an important thing there that if we don't have a reference for it, then these things happen and we don't even know how to process them, which is why so many women, you know, leave mm-hmm. these these births so traumatized and then when they tell their story, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's normal. That happened to me too." Mhm. Yeah. God. Yeah. Anyway, so you're pushing. Yeah. Um I'm pushing and just totally in it, honestly, I've never felt more confident in my whole life. Like, hmm. there's literally no fear. wasn't even a concept in my reality at that point. It was just I remember having one conscious thought of like, "Wow, this is intense." You know, I wonder how long my body could do this. You know, I never thought like, oh, I'm going to need to transfer to the hospital. Like, I'm so grateful that that never came up in my birth. Um, But it was just kind of like, this is just like shattering. Like, this is just taking you from the inside out. But I was just so, at the same time, um, it was really casual, like in the weirdest, (laughs) (laughs) like... It was so intense what was going on in my body. But as far as I had no thoughts going on in my mind, you Mm -hmm. know, there was this no like people are making sounds in the kitchen or I'm smelling this, you know, it was like, all I was thinking was just like, it was just this presence and feeling like I would go through a sensation. And then as soon as the sensation stopped, it was, okay, I need to be one with my breath, catch my breath and get through this next sensation. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that was it. That was it for me. And you know, I, um, I went into this birth and my thing was, okay, you know, you hear of women who are like, oh, you know, you had painless births, you know, all this kind of thing. And mine was, I want the birth that I, and of course my baby need, you know, like for my highest growth and highest good, you know, whether that's you know, hopefully that's not too painful, but whatever that means, that's the birth that I want. I want the lessons that come with that birth. And, um, of course, all the while I did, um, you know, you hear of this orgasmic ecstatic birth and, you know, the kind of 
the visions and I wanted that psychedelic, ecstatic, orgasmic birth. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like what a joke. I was totally, um, I got exactly, now I could look back in hindsight, right? And see, I got exactly what I needed. And that was this complete presence and focus. And that got me through my birth. And it was bliss. And I totally love that. I think Ellie in our class, you know, brought up that quote of you birth the way you live, you know, and I look at my birth and I'm like, Oh God, I totally did. But you know, like the way I live, I don't have right now where I've been, uh, attracted into my life, like ayahuasca or mushrooms. Like I want to do them so bad, but I don't do psychedelics. I don't. And I also, um, I don't have orgasms, you know, and that became not until this past week of, um, you know, this interview is such a beautiful thing and that it catalyzes this whole unpacking of your birth that I was really able to see that my birth was revealing like these limited beliefs that I had, you know, as Mm. we say, like unconsciously commit ourselves to. And for me, that was, um, you know, I had this belief that, um, I was going to have an orgasm because birth is the most powerful thing. And I had never had an orgasm. And if there's any way I was going to have one, it was going to be from birth. You know, that is and a high expectation. I know. Wow. And, I, and I committed myself to it, you know, and I didn't even know really, you mm-hmm. know, I was just thinking, oh, I'm doing a free birth. No one's going to intrude it. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be Oh great. my God. Yeah. I committed to like, I will definitely have a birth less than 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We do this for it's sure. It's crazy. Like, honestly, it goes so far back. Like, that evolved mm-hmm. from. You know, if I really look, you know, when you're a young kid and you think, um, oh, I'm not going to have sex until I'm in love. I don't know about you, but I had that belief. And it really stuck through my life. Like growing up into my teens, my 20s, I had such this romantic relationship with love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and even growing up more, I was just like, this is so powerful. Like, and it was the same thing with me deciding to have a birth was, you know, sex and birth, the way we just, our attitudes towards them in society, like there's got to be so much more to this than we lead on. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've had like, yeah, you know, yoga has been a different part of my life. And I had this like tantric teacher of yoga and all this kind of stuff where um kind of seeing sex as this ultimate union and physical and spiritual expression of love, you know? And so I was just, it was just this thing that I wanted. And I just thought like, God, okay, when I'm in love, I will have sex. And then not, you know, um, navigating oral sex with different people in my life and not getting orgasm. Mm -hmm. Then I had the belief of, oh, of course, you know, I'm not going to have an orgasm until I'm in love, you know? And um, that was super limiting for me. Um, And then, and it put so much pressure because then when I met Tom, 
I fell in love and we had sex. Of course, I didn't have an orgasm. You mm-hmm. know, I put so much pressure on our union, on myself and on my partner. Um, right. And nothing I, like ruins an orgasm like pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it just bled its way through my relationship, you know, and it just, it makes him question its performance. It makes me to feed into that whole littleness of like, something's wrong with me. And why can't I do this? That frustration. Mm-hmm. And, Which then you get caught in a loop. Yeah, it's horrible. And so then I was like, oh my God, now I'm pregnant. Oh my God, birth is going to give this into my life. And then it'll help everything. It'll bring mm-hmm. it into my sex life. And I never did the inner work there. And I really believe that my birth kind of vindicated all of this for me. That like I was running this pattern throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And here you go. You know, like it served me in many ways having the beliefs that I did, you know, to navigate like certain relationships and people. But um, yeah, I was so disconnected to my sexual energy. I think it's a confusing message, the sex and the orgasms and the birth and the free birth and the, the birthing and power and the like sexual power. And, and I think that it's really easy to create so many blind spots of expectations and, and confusion and stuff there. Um, yeah. And it's a lot to constantly be untangling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so fresh. So excuse me if I'm yeah, going deep into it because it's just something that's come up now. You know, it's interesting how birth gives you that down the line. You continue to learn. Um, but yeah, to get back to the birth, um, back into my presence, um, my non-psychedelic orgasmic self. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But completely present and um, connected in so many different ways. You know, I had this notion while I was birthing of one more, you know, and um, I wanted my mom. I knew Tom was right there on the ground next to me and I thought she was in the room, but I didn't know, you know, everything was dark and we had like, a whole flock of geese that just like literally ended up being like 200, 300 geese that were like quacking like ahead. And I remember looking out the window and seeing them kind of announcing this arrival. But um, I felt the sensation where um, River was going to come out in one more push. So I literally verbally said one more. And of course, mm-hmm. it's funny to hear um, Tom and my mom like be like, you know, tell their stories. And they're like, yeah, right. Good luck. You know, they thought I was going to be going all night. Mm. Um, and river came out in that next sensation. Um, and I, I, yeah, I grabbed him, I caught him and he looked up to me and, um, that eye contact, those like Hiawatha eyes, as I remember reading about, um, was so powerful to, have that bond and I think the best memory I've ever had with Tom is just him then being, oh my god oh my god you know and crying and just this just holy shit this baby just came out of you um and we were just in this 
just complete euphoria of welcoming this baby uh, for a couple minutes, I think. And then my mom was like, what's, you know, what's the sex? And then, you know, I realized I was holding on to a ball sack. And so I was just, okay, yeah, it's a baby. <laughs> it's a boy. Um, and we got out of the tub and I was shaking a bit. And um, we went over, there's this like huge fire in the cabin fireplace, like four by five. Um, and we just laid and laid on towels and mm. were just enjoying being together. And um, then, of course, right when you're, you know, at this point, it was, we birthed the baby at like 8.36 p.m. And um, the boys, my baby River and Tom started falling asleep, you know, we're so tired. It was just cozy. I mean, okay, a couple hours maybe pass at this point. Um, and I started getting cramps. And I was like, what the fuck? Just let me enjoy my baby. And of course, like, excuse my time right now. I'm a little off. But like, you know, I was like thinking that my placenta would come probably in like the first hour after birth. And she didn't come. And... I was just like, I do not remember this being such a thing. You know, I thought mm. the placenta would be the easy part, no mm -hmm. bones, you know, kind of thing. And such this relief. And I was so tired. And now it was like, okay, going back. It felt like, you know, and I, I had never acknowledged it really mm. as this was the final piece of the birth process you know I put way too much attention on the baby and I really think that that was kind of my lesson there of like you know processing this beautiful organ that's been sustaining your baby you know and letting that go and letting the pregnancy go too because mm -hmm. I definitely I loved being pregnant you know um and so it was actually not until seven and a half hours later that um and of course tom and my mom you know after a couple hours they wanted the placenta out and um you know they started looking up stuff online and they were worried that my cervix would be closing and all these kind of things and i was just kind of really i don't mean to like toot my own horn but just like totally felt like you know she'll come when she wants like it's no problem don't worry let's chill let's enjoy the baby um and of course i was you know thanking her all this time for everything she's been doing and welcoming her out and um it just didn't seem right to me that my whole birth the sensations were so part of my body that I would be one with and you know now the idea of pushing felt so forced and wrong but I was waiting for some signal for my body to just go with the motions mm -hmm. so it was really weird for me to not have that now for the placenta um, and so I did eventually get propped up, um, with Tom and the cord was really short and small. So I'd have to hold the baby so, so low down by my vagina and then be, you know, propped up under my armpits and sitting over a bowl. Like it was horribly uncomfortable, but, um, eventually the placenta did come out, um, at like 4.30 AM and, um, we did at that point the cord was honestly already like shriveled up and dry um there's no pulse going through it and um we had done a 
cord burning ceremony and I woke up my mom off the couch and um, yeah, we were all part of that. And it's something I know you, you love as well. It really is just such a wonderful ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, I took the placenta and I went and examined it. And um, it was really interesting because it was actually like the shape of like a heart organ. I thought in pictures, it's usually more flat. Um, but I actually cut it up and I did decide to eat it. I felt called to do that. Um, and I loved it. I ended up eating raw placenta for like every day for like the next 10 days. <laughs> um, I really did. I loved it. And I felt like it was exactly what my body needed. It was mm-hmm. so interesting. Um, Tom cooked some up and it was kind of more like liver dried. I thought it was way better raw. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it felt good. It felt like I was getting all those nutrients and hormones and helped with my postpartum. Um, and we let her, buried her and had a ceremony with that. But um, yeah, it was just, that's my birth. Hmm. <laughs> so dreamy. A lot of lessons. Lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. I could really... I could see it. I could see the, the work and the playfulness and the, and the, the lessons and the chillness and the magic and the animals. And it's just, it's like, it needs to be like your birth should be like a big painting. Wow. Have you ever thought to paint it? Thank you. That's such a compliment. Um, no, I haven't. That would be so cool. Like all the different symbology and like the the Montana sky and the animals and the river and just whatever. I could totally see it as like a big wall thing. I mean, I don't know how to paint anything like that, but I can see it in my brain. <laughs> no, I love that prompt. I'll totally do that. Oh, yeah. I'd like to think. I will. I will. I will. Thank you. Might as well. No one would yeah. do it as good as you could since it's your story. Well, thank you so thank much. You. Of course. Are you kidding? Thank you. This is an honor. All right. Love you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching. Learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. Our opening song is by Shyla Ray. And now I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, 
drying up the milk from our breasts. Keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the stars. Conscious. Control.